this is the only way to succeed. Like this is my proven strategy. And so slowing down, simplifying things, it's like your body is just not used to that. So it's really a journey of, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's a signal that that you've got to get whole internally. You've got to do the inner work. Leadership is first an inside job. Raise 1000 Voices is the podcast on a mission to raise the voices of the clever, creative, and courageous women across the world. I am your host, Jacqueline Nagel, and I invite you to join me in conversations with women who will inspire and empower you as we explore just how to lift our levels of self-trust, to reclaim the narrative, and to use our voice to go after exactly what we want, doing it with strength, power, and grace. Right now, I would love to welcome Claudia Chan to the next conversation in Raise 1000 Voices. Claudia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem at all. It's my pleasure. Now, for those of us listening along at home, where in the world are you right now? I'm in the US. And I actually, after 47 years in New York City and the Northeast area of the US, I moved my family down to Florida and we are in the Gulf Coast, which is like the Midwest coast of Florida. Yeah. And in in South Tampa. Oh, wonderful. That's a very big shift. It is a huge shift. But, you know, the sun year round is life changing. So. Well, uh, for those of who know me, I live in Brisbane, Queensland, and it's very similar to Tampa, Florida. So the sun year round and the beaches. And so, yeah, I, I understand completely why you've made the move. So, Claudia, we first met in 2018 in a mastermind for female entrepreneurs, seven figures in the US. And one of the things that struck me number one, was you were so generous in your time and your your information sharing and conversation, but you, your conviction and passion, your warmth, your dedication, it just oozed out of you. Like it just was part of who you are. And one of the things that I don't think I've actually shared with you before is you really actually shifted my perspective that day because you talked about how you went from working with individual women to working in corporate, which usually it's the other way around, because you recognized and understood that that was the greatest mechanism of change. That's where you could create change at scale. And it has always landed with me because it was the first time I thought, oh, wow, if you look at something a little bit differently, it changes the world. And so I've always taken that with me, but that's the Claudia Chan that I met and very much you've evolved with some of your work and we'll talk about that. But walk us through for a few minutes on just how Claudia Chan, like your backstory, how did Claudia Chan came to be who she is now? Yeah, thank you so much. So I believe it's 23 or 24 years of entrepreneurship because I turned 48 in April and I start, I became an entrepreneur at 25. Okay, so I'm going to do the math now. <laughs> so about 23 years of entrepreneurship. And I think being raised in a Chinese immigrant family, you know, I was born in New York City and just with such entrepreneurial parents that came with, didn't have a college education, came to America and somehow made made their way here and had Chinese restaurants and that, yeah. that immigrants sort of that multicultural resilience and perseverance of surviving, you know, and creating <laughs> is so what was in my blood. And so I think when I look back at 23 years of my journey, of my entrepreneurial journey and like three or four businesses in that creation and creativity, I, I'm realizing now in, in this midlife that 
I'm a creator, you know, I'm really more of an artist than anything else. But so versus like your traditional, I'm going to, you know, go into tech and I'm going to, and I'm going to get my MBA and I'm going to do these corporate jobs, but I'm going to start my business or, you know, the more I've just, nothing about me is traditional. (laughs) Never Fantastic. I love that. Which is nice too, because sometimes you can compare yourself, right? Because like you're the sheep. And so it's so easy to look at the the masses and who again have that that choose the path of safety and security and you've chosen the non-traditional path so again back to that inner that inner voice is so important but really it's been 20 plus years of creating human experiences or, or experiences that elevate humanity the first decade in the 2000s, when I was 25 to 35, it was the era of, like, I'm very focused on women because I grew up, my mother was a very strong uh, just figure in our household and she ran the restaurants, she took us to school, she did it all for us. And I went to an all-girls high school in Manhattan, I went to an all-women's college, so that coming out into the world, being this feminist at the time in the 2000s, you know, it was... I guess I was destined for the women's space, but it started off with a women's entertainment company uh, that became a multi-million dollar company in my in my twenties and then to my early thirties. And then I just started noticing the status of women and girls, which took me into creating She Summit, which was a women's leadership conference, really the first of its kind. Ten years ago, we just celebrated yeah. our ten year anniversary. And then from there, you know, really moving into as we're empowering women and creating all this all these story, all the storytelling and convening. I'm like, I want to, I want to develop people. I want to encourage people. I want to get inside, you know, people on the outside look one way, but on the inside, they, a whole other inner world is happening. And I'm like, yeah. I want to support that inner world of humans. And there's so much within a human that is unrealized because of external barriers and pressures and trauma and our childhood and society. (laughs) And and so, yeah, so it's really been, um, you know, I've just spent the last 10 years, yes, with the women's conferences, but then also more and more taking the programs into corporate America, into larger organizations to transform people, to transform culture. And if we connect why I also love transforming that inner world of people and getting them to elevate their vision for themselves, elevate their minds, elevate who they are, then they're going to better culture. Yeah, absolutely. What is it? And you stuck on something. We've just had a very big conversation within our actual programs in this last couple of weeks about what is your boldest version of your vision for yourself? And people, we actually have to guide people there. They kind of go so far, but they won't go right to the boldest vision that they truly hold inside of themselves. What is it that breaks your heart when you see that happening, when people don't allow themselves to step into claiming what their boldest vision is? What breaks your heart about that? Gosh, it breaks my heart. Because if you think about any basic level of privilege that we have in where we live and where we are, those privileges exist because of people that created those privileges and even if it's as simple as, you know, just even, you know, the PTA at your school and having, you know, mm-hmm. healthier food and nutrition, right? Somebody petitioned for that or, you know, down to the women women's right to vote. You know, in, in America, it's only been 100 years or 120, 103 years because I think 2020 was, was our 100th year of having even the right to vote. So 
you know, and I, and I think that what we forget is that like the world is broken because humans are and everything that we experience in our world is created by people. And so every, there's almost 8 billion people on the planet and inside of every person listening to this podcast and in the world, there is innovation, there's creativity, there's ideas, there are solutions, there are, there's service um, that comes out of their experience or their pain or their story. And so, so much of the work that I do that you do is to pull that out of people. Yeah. And because we're, we're missing so much, we're we're putting, we're, we're leaving so much on the table when we're not stepping into what we're really here to do. Yeah, absolutely. And is there something, is is there a moment in time, like there's obviously this growing awareness that you had. It was there a moment in time where you just went, actually, this matters. I need to unlock people. I need to get them to step into their full potential. Was there anything that really stands out where you really understood that this matters? It was, I'll tell you specifically, it was going to church for the first time. It was becoming a believer I, my parents growing up, we weren't religious, but we talked, they talked about God and, you know, God will, God will take care of us. And, but they were always busy. We never went to church or anything. And then, and then when I was 33, I met my husband, my now husband, John, and he was from Georgia and he had grown up going to church. And he went to this church on the Upper East Side of New York City called Trinity Baptist Church. And he's like, I go to this church thing on Sunday. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, really? I go to church. Like, this is not somebody I've created. <laughs> Um, who goes to church. And I did. And just, and he didn't push it on me or anything, but I just, it was really the first time I ever stepped into a forum where every Sunday somebody, you know, the pastor would just pour into you. And it was all about service, service. It was all about people and that we're not here to just live our life. I said this in the book, not live our life in the world, but to lead our life for something, leave the life for something that we're meant to. And being this purpose-driven human I didn't, I grew up with in such survival, you know, yeah. like because of the, of the immigrant and, and all the, the civil war that my parents went through. And so it was, it was just switching from that me over we to the me for we mindset. And so, yeah, I would say becoming, going to church and really being in a community that was so service and purpose-driven and how much they poured into me. I was like, wow, this is what I want to do for other people. Yeah, amazing. And so when you think about all of that as well, because one of the things that um, you're very strong in is people actually are looking for their purpose, particularly women. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for legacy, but we get overwhelmed by the search for purpose. And in your, in this is how we rise, you talk about starting where you struggle and you just mentioned and referenced church. And, you know, one of the things that I say to people is God breaks your heart for what breaks yours. Go there, start there. So you say, start where you struggle. What are the kind of questions or what is, what, what do you see as the best way to start to do that? Like, you know, it's all well and good to say, start where you struggle, but how do people go there? How do they identify their purpose? And what have you seen come out of that sort of process? Yeah, I think purpose is one of those words that can be really overwhelming and exhausting and confusing because it's such a big word. And there's so many things that we have purpose in, right? Our families, our kids, our yeah. uh, experience, our there's just so much. And so that's why my latest work that was born out of a, the chapter in the book called Treat Your Whole Life as the Organization You're Leading is in my 
in my whole life leadership framework and curriculum, which is my current body of work and what I'm coaching and teaching and building out of is really, it's, I call it whole life purpose. And I actually have folks sort of step back and really define like, what is your, what is your whole life org chart? What is your whole life? What are the, the, the departments in the areas of your life that matter the most? And so for me, and the exercise to do is if I'm, if I'm 90 years old, if I'm lucky enough to live to 90 yeah. and I'm 47 today, that's 33 or 43 years left. So I'm really, really bad at math. 43 years left of my life <laughs> that I get to, that I get to basically step into like what story I want to tell at the end of my life. Right. And so what yeah. was the purpose that I fulfilled? And so I think oftentimes we get so caught up in chasing these external things versus thinking about, wait, who was I and what did I experience and what did I serve? Like, what did I, like, how was I loved? Who did I love? And, and what really mattered in in the time that I was here? And so like, I want to, I want to, uh, the story I want to tell that purpose is that, and I sort of go through every realm of my life. I want to raise two really great human beings, you know, that yeah. are, are whole inside themselves, you know, that are, that are not traumatized. Like most people in our generation are, most adults, and we look at the mental health in our youth, which is terrifying, but, you know, two whole individuals that are doing their passion and and feeling whole in who they are, right? Like that's a purpose of mine Yeah. to want to really celebrate, you know, a really healthy, beautiful marriage, you know, and I'm in the weeds right now, right? Like if we're lucky, we don't get through one fight a day, you know, because <laughs> we're working parent life, you know, I want to have had this incredible community and richness through people and, you know, and just like nothing matters more in life than people. So on all these other like community health people, right? Like, I mean, family, like that's, those are sort of the personal buckets, but on the professional one or the way that I, that I say is like, I want to use my, my skills, yeah. like what are Claudia's skills and passions? Like what are you know, what are those things that just come so easy to me that I was almost born to do, right? Match that skill with, in the season that you are in, match that skill with what you want to serve and better or heal or solve. And and I think go as specific as you can, because if you want to tackle pay equity or if you want to tackle helping women entrepreneurs, right? Those are broad categories. You know, yeah. maybe you in the medical field your entire life and you see something really specific that you can do nobody else is in a position to do it than you are because you went through it you know it doesn't have to be this huge thing you can go deep and specific and wide and and the thing is it's okay that it's okay you know if you okay well you know like five years ago I was totally focused on this topic and now I've evolved it a little bit to this that's okay we can evolve Absolutely. but and your passion can evolve too but I always say it's matching that that skill, like, like what are the natural born talents, the things that I'm just good at? I'm a good communicator. I'm a good connector. I'm a good writer. I'm a good speaker, whatever those things are. And what's my genius and how do I match that with a problem that I want to solve? And, you know, and I just think, you know, what that problem is because it ignites high levels of emotion, either it pisses you off. Yep. Completely. You know, like, completely. Or it breaks your heart. 
you know, or you just, you just can't stop thinking about it. You're so excited yeah. about it. You know, yeah. it's just, like you see this invisible that you want to fill, you know, yeah. like it just tortures you. And like, and I would say, that's the other thing for feeling for me is when I feel like I'm called to do something, it's a feeling of suffering. If I don't get to do it, <laughs> it's like, let me at it. Or I, my life is not worth existing. Claudia, you mentioned there about, you know, specific, the problem you want to solve, the challenge you want to rise to, what really matters. So what is the problem that you're looking to solve, especially with this latest evolution of your work? What is it that's got your attention that you really want to solve? Well, the Surgeon General in, in the United States just just announced that mental health, the mental health crisis is is like our country's number one concern, highest concern and the mental health crisis. And so, you know, I was talking a lot in the beginning about, you know, the internal world of experience. And what I realized is after, you know, all this time, decade plus of my current, you know, the global platform and, you know, getting, getting women and people to drive this external change, right? To rise to our potential and, you know, build that seven, eight, whatever figure, build that successful business. And, and break the barriers and, you know, rise into the C-suite and start that movement, right? All these external things, which by the way, we full on have been in the women's movement and in the diversity, equity, inclusion movement, and then the humanity movement for the last 10 years. And, and COVID's even, you know, I would say it was very much about women. It's then it's been about race and now it's really talent in the global workplace, right? I mean, at least that's what we're feeling here in the United States is, you know, is that people are doing it all like, yeah, you know, I'm like raising kids, I'm like running a business or I'm doing this. And, and I'm also trying to change the world, (laughs) you know, it's people are breaking down externally, like they're just and internally, they are burned out, they are, time is the greatest scarcity that exists. A, B, people feel like they can never measure up, especially especially if we're talking about this demographic of women that are probably either mid or senior in their career. And probably a lot of you have children. And so you're working parents and you're also trying to change the world and, you know, like get your kids to soccer and, you know, and all, and like eat healthy food and, you know, and all those things, right. That we are responsible for. And really internally, what is that internal quality of experiences? So really what I, the the, the focus now with my whole life leadership is, is really about coaching women to get whole internally beautiful, and to slow down and to really design their life in a way and set intentions in a way that is much more simplified, that helps them be more present, and that is elevating their internal quality of experience, if that makes sense. So yeah, that absolutely. Day they're feeling more peace. They're feeling more calm. They're feeling more aligned. They're feeling more, they're working, they're working on all the, they're prioritizing in different seasons, those things that matter the most in their whole life purpose. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because one of the things that you just touched on there was, you know, we have risen, we have taken the challenge, we have been part of some of the greatest rising of feminine presence rather than power, but feminine presence in the world. And yet we are increasingly disconnected, increasingly distracted, increasingly feeling incapable. We're finding with the work that we do with Raising Women's Voices, we actually have to do the inner work first, the inner voice the power, the strength and power of a woman's outer voice will never outstrip the power of her inner voice. And so we're doing a lot around that. 
What do you say to women who feel like they can't stop and let go all of it in case the scaffolding falls? So if you are a gen, if you're in the Gen X generation like me, or even an older millennial, which probably most, I'm guessing that would probably be like a lot of people in their thirties and forties. And I would say you probably grew up in a generation, especially Gen Xers or even baby boomers, right? Where, you know, the, the, the family of origin that we all come from. So, so much of it was about, you know, like you know, getting through epidemics and civil wars and colonization and, you know, and, and so it was getting just to survival and safe, just getting to safety, right. And getting to provision. And I think a lot of us in the older, or like this midlife generation, we are, you know, we were wired. Our strategy to success was to be hyper-productive, right? Medical school, be a lawyer, like get your MBA. Like it was yeah. all about the younger generation right now is very, very different. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it was all about, you know, you work hard and you hustle and you 10 times growth and, you know, and, and it's, it's, it was, it was never about, success was never peace of mind. Success was never well-being. And so what happens is that we all have a level of, every human has a level of trauma, even if your childhood was perfect, but is that, you know, your body keeps the score. So really, even if you are in a season where let's say that financially you're in a good place to take some time to recalibrate your current business or your career or your platform and you need, you just, you just feel like you're trying to do too much and things aren't aligned and, or like maybe work is, but your family, you know, is like, is just struggling or whatever department it is. It's, you can decide to slow down, but your body, your nervous system is really, is like, what's going on, Claudia? Like, yeah. we're not used to this. We need to be hustling 24 seven. This is, and it, it's not a feeling of safety. It's not a feeling of worthiness. It's not a feeling no. of activity. And so, so much of our nervous systems as women and as people, it's so tied. Like, it's like, we've just been these machines that have been like, this is the only way to succeed. Like, this is my proven strategy. And so, slowing down, simplifying things, like giving yourself a nap in the middle of the day for 15, 20 minutes when you need to, or saying no to more things, like your body's just not used to that. Right. Yeah. And so, so it's really a journey of, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's a signal that, that you've got to get whole internally. You've got to do the inner work. Leadership is first an inside job. I love that. Were you going through this journey personally um, over time and moving to this mid-generation life stage that you're at now? What's been the biggest learning for you about actually embracing whole wholeness within, internal wholeness? What's been the biggest learning for you personally? Yeah, I mean, it is, I would say that I'm in the happiest, most beautiful place in my life right now. And I feel the most whole that I've ever been. And it's because I I feel, and I think that, you know, there's no, no such thing as really healing anything 100%, right? Like all of our scars are scars of beauty that make us unique. But, you know, in many ways, like I'm the happiest that I've ever been and I have the most well-being and I have the most, I've never felt so powerful in my authenticity and in my truth mm. of who I am. And I'm enjoying, that's what it feels like. That's number one. Number two, it feels like I... In a, in a daily, like as days go by, 
I can catch when I'm triggered most of the time and I'm able to self-regulate <laughs> and I'm, I'm able to slow down each day to really not miss out on the day. Yeah. I mean, it's not every day, but I think that that's what it is too, right? Where we're moving at such speed that we're actually missing out on life. You know, you spend so much time going after trying to achieve and accomplish something that, you know, you're missing out on your life before you know it. How old are you? And is what you really ended up getting really, was it really worth missing out on all those moments? Your moments with your kids, your moments with your friends, your moments to actually go out and see the sunset. And and life is right now. You know, they say the future is anxiety and the past is depression. But yeah, <laughs> this is the moment, me talking to you, like this is living life right now. And and I would say also that I haven't on paper, I'm not like I've been in other seasons where I've achieved more revenue and I've achieved yeah. more accolades. I've gotten a lot more PR, I've gotten a lot more clients. Like Life is life is much more simple right now. And I don't feel like I feel whole in that. Yeah. You know, because I, so it's really interesting when you when you do the work. I think it's, you know, it's just like, you know, the foundation that you're going to build your life on top of. Like you're going to have cracks, you're going to have holes. And, you know, and as we get triggered, as we have anxiety, as we are going through our days and our months and our quarters and our years, and, you know, all those really struggling moments that we go through, it's it's more of a question of like, wait a second, why am I struggling or suffering right now? Like, what is going on? Like, what is it, what is it about me that, yeah. you know, may, you know, like, I think we we tend to look at, okay, the external things, oh my gosh, it's just so crazy with, you know, like family and Christmas and holidays and this is so busy. I mean, how many friends do you see, you know, in your community? Like, oh, how are you? Oh my God, I'm just so busy. So busy, you know? yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, everybody is just stretched. And yeah. I feel like everybody, every woman I know has this like stressed out look on their face. <laughs> and, and it's just where our, you know, even though, you know, some, some of you are the most successful people on paper and they have the fanciest homes and they have the boat and they have the second car. And yet the internal experience of what they're really living, you know, how, how wealthy are they? Yeah. Yeah, and it's that internal experience that I'm finding is what we need to bring forward. So I love that you're looking at this internal um, place. It's the internal voice for me because that internal experience I'm also finding is actually what what people, what women in my world are not realizing is that internal experience and the richness of us is actually dictating their richness of their external experience. And whilst they feel as though they're lacking and they're not achieving and things like that, it's actually because from the inside out. You know, I've never been, I mean, we're about to get busy at the moment, but that's by choice, but I've never been in the last six to 12 months so balanced as in time out, time, downtime. I wanted to add to that really quickly. So, because we're talking about internal experience, but really it starts with your thoughts. Yes. And I love the, how, what you're doing with helping women with their, with raising their voice and, and using their voice and getting clarity of what they want to communicate externally. But that internal thought Elevate your vision, then elevate your mind because you will become the sum total of your thoughts. So what it's really about, what is your thought life? What is your inner thought life? What is the, because those thoughts create beliefs, those, those thoughts and beliefs then create feeling and emotion. And that's what creates your experience. That's what drives your actions. Right. And, and some of us, we don't realize that our thought pattern, are you spiraling up yeah. on a regular basis? 
And it's the inner conversation. So for me, exactly the same as what we're talking about is that inner conversation. So, you know, I do claim and I'm very, very expressive about the fact that I have just entered my 51st year and I think aging is a privilege. And I think the greatest privilege of aging is the fact that we have this time and the space now to do, to understand when we come from our generation that there is the ability to do this inner work. You know, I am 51. I feel better than I did at 30 on the inner experience. But what I've actually changed with that is exactly what you're talking about. I changed my inner conversation. I changed my inner narrative. I changed the thoughts that went on inside. And it's one of the most powerful things I think that any woman can embrace. Where do women start that process? Women who haven't considered this to be a possibility. I know what I do from a vocal perspective and your spoken identity, but where in your world do you get women to start that process of identifying what they need to do? Yeah. I mean, the first step is really is self-awareness is that, wait, let me take a moment and actually take inventory of my thoughts. And so if you're able to do it, it's even if you can like take a journal or your, you know, I use Evernote a lot and just start like, I like before I go to bed at night and everybody's asleep. I just, it's my reflection time to think about, wait, what are my thought patterns and what are my, you almost have to backtrack and be like, what are my patterns? You know, um, like contact tracing when COVID hit, you got to go back. (laughs) (laughs) What were my patterns this week in thought? you know, and try to figure out what your patterns, what your cycles are and what cycles you up and what cycles you down. And ultimately, and what are the triggers that are triggering those things, right? So, you know, maybe there's a specific topic, like I have a client who, you know, had some loss when she was younger and she's really paranoid about her kids and their health and people getting sick. And so, she gets anxiety about it. And that's her like area of trauma and high levels of sensitivity and vulnerabilities. And so figuring out what that is for you, we all have high levels of sensitivity and vulnerabilities that threaten something. Yes. Uh, and again, there's also like, you know, there's your reptile brain, you know, when yeah. your triggers like the reptile brain, the fight flight mode, it's, it's like trying to figure out what that dance is and what those cycles are. And this is at a very, very high level. If you, if you've done some level of therapy or working with a psychologist, you might recognize some of these terms. But so you can just get a sense of what that story is that you're telling yourself and how do you, yes, start working on optimizing that. And even just knowing like, you don't, you you don't know what you know, right? So just figuring out, okay, whoa, I have, this is really something I need to work on, you know, and I need to, I I need to actually, because this is, this is really, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a huge detriment, but think about what it's taking away from you, right? It's taking away from you your power. So when you ask me, Claudia, what's your next movement? It's, and it starts with your first question, you know, which is, and and what the work you're doing too, which is I want to unlock people to the next level. I want to unlock their creativity that's inside of them, their visions, their areas of impact, what they're here to serve and give. And I also want them to show up and more, I want them to have more well-being. I want them to have more joy. I want them to show up really intentionally around their colleagues and community and and I want them to have a more rich quality of experience so they can be the change makers that, you know, I've been, I've talked about all these years, but it's more now about the internal support. And that's why whole life leadership is about getting you whole internally. It's, it's, it's content, it's messages, it's courses, it's doing the internal work. Yeah. Um, but my, my movement now is the internal one. 
I love that. I love that because you created such an incredible movement for the external. You did create change makers and women stepping into powerful positions in large corporates and women also oh. exiting and going and doing the movements in the NFP and the NGO sectors. You know, you did you did create that. So the shift, and do you think that's actually, are you feeling that as a global shift as well, that people are actually understanding that we created this world and now we need to fix this world? You know, when I met you a few years ago, that's when, and there's the macro movement and I'm like, what's your movement in the book? And in all of my, you know, in my conferences, it was always like, you know, what are you here to change? Right. And, and I, and we're still here to change those things, but, you know, after now having a five, I have a currently an almost six-year-old and a seven and a half-year-old and marriage. And I'm, I had them in my forties and, you know, like aging parents that we have, my husband, and I have one parent left, you know, it's yeah. real life happens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this, I, you know, the, the, I'm not changing anything from years ago in the sense that all of that is still real and truth. Like humans were here on this planet to not take from this planet over the, over the decades or the, the 190, 80 years that we're here, but it's to, to experience it and, and gain from it so that we can contribute and leave the planet in a better place, right? Like we're all here with our unique experiences so that we can make our mark and give to it. And it could be something so small or it could be something, whatever, whatever it is. And, but what I'm realizing now is everybody's dying (laughs) out and, um, and it's literally a certain general warning right now. And you see it, you know, like there was just recent it's it's actually it's a societal issue on every level because you look at i mean the the mass shootings in schools right yeah. like mental health and like what kind of families are these kids being raised in right or what what is not getting diagnosed um yeah. when a teenager goes into a school and kills like 30 children and sh- you know and and does a mass shooting or you know racism and you know and just all of the, all of how, how, how divided I know our country is as a nation, but like that brokenness in our society is a result of brokenness in a family. Absolutely. And so family, so the people that are listening to this, that are raising families, and that's where, that's why I, I start with like your number one leadership department is your mind and your thoughts. That's part of the curriculum. Your second leadership department is your partner. Like if you, if you are in a married, married um, framework in your family, then, you know, cause like if you two need to be on the same page so that you can create a healthy environment in your family and you can have alignments. Um, and then as, and then children, which is, you know, you're really creating and shaping the next generation of humanity. Yeah. Right. And so, and so that's like, and then it's your, 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 I love the word vocation. I mean, we work career, whatever it is, your, your profession, but vocation is like, is basically, it means calling, you know, like where am I called to serve my skills? Right. And even a full-time parent like that, that's a full-time job. That's a vocation. That's a vocation. That's a harder job than, you know, having like to go to an office every day. Right. Or give your brain, you know, a different, a different exercise, (laughs) um, a realm to work in. And so, you know, and then community. And so that's why I sort of recalibrate now, how do we, how do, it's all about leading ourselves. And so, but it really, the, how we're showing up, it's not just what we're impacting, but it's also how we are showing up. up. Yeah. How, what are we modeling? Am I, 
you know, am I going to get, am I going to snap at this person? Am I going to create stress around my kids in this moment? How do I keep on going inward and working on my inside? Cause like the power that I have and how I show up ripple effects. And um, there's research that shows that ADHD in children, it's, it's not only cause it's, you know, it's not necessarily biological, uh, but it's it's actually they feel the stress in their parents. Yeah, it's a response. So it's a neuro response. Yeah, so it's like so in terms of like if like if your parents are are stressed and you're like, and for the you know for the helicopter parents or the people that are like overstretching, you know that's the other thing about perfectionism, right? You're talking about okay, the women, you know that VP of yada yada, you know who's who's leading the women's leadership committee at the Fortune 500 company, who's like traveling all month, speaking at Fortune's Most Powerful Women's Conference, and also running this nonprofit, and her kids go to the best private school, and they're also in piano, ballet, soccer, you know, learning a language, and the house has to be clean, and laundry has to be done this way, and this is the detergent that I like, and, you know, it's it's just too much. There's a perfectionism that we have to, there's this external uh, there's an external perfectionism that we need. That's the next fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> again, pulling away from all those cultural norms or expectations that you've really put on yourself. Social media doesn't help. Um, but now how do we, again, live in our, how do we create such a beautiful internal world an internal thought life that impacts an internal quality of experience so that we can continue to serve our highest and show yeah. up our highest. Yeah, That's I love that. Is that tied into, because if we do wrap back to the book, which is what you had created when, at the time that I first met you, you talk a lot about grace. And I talk a lot about, I, I empower women to speak, right. not just to speak and shoot from the hip, but to take the time and the presence and invest in themselves so they can speak with strength, power and grace, because that is where true movement is made. So what I'd love to know is, you know, do you think that that is tied in with creating grace and why does grace feature so strongly in everything that you do? Well, I love how you, you thought about that after talking about perfectionism, right? Is, yeah. Is, well, and I think grace is also tied to authenticity and, you know, the real power that we have is actually in our, in our imperfectionism and in our authenticity and in our truth. And you know, I think that life is almost, for some reason, the way culture is, is we care so much about how we are perceived from the outside, what people think about us, especially women, and our identity that we have to hold our, we have to create this identity for ourselves that we then have to hold ourselves to, that when things don't go in the way that we expect, or we feel like we didn't show up in our best, or we we messed up, or we, you know, we we failed at something, even though I don't believe in the word failure, that we beat ourselves up, and the inner that's when the inner talk can just be so we can be so self judgmental, we could be that crit, we can criticize ourselves and attack ourselves, and you know, and that's really where I feel like grace is such an important word is like giving your extending yourself grace first, right? That grace of, you know, and and I would say another word is compassion and self-compassion, self-compassion and self-love and grace. And just, I love the word grace because it just immediately disengages, you know, like the whole 
that I have on myself. And of course, grace, meaning giving, extending grace to others. Yeah. And it is this, that other people are also going through, they're also working through their internal battles and internal struggles and what they show you on the outside. You have no idea what's going on on their inside. Like, who are we to, to just all of a sudden define who you are, right? Like, yeah. And, and so, you know, I think that, and there's a lot of like memes out there, like, oh, when somebody tells you over and over again, like, you know, that, that they're, that they're not worth you, then, then when are you going to get the picture? And I get all of that, but at the end of the day, you know, we're all human and we're all, we all come from our, our stuff and we all have our story. We have no idea what people's inner experiences. And so it's critical that we extend other people grace and extend ourselves grace because that energy that you waste in those downward spirals, either on yourself or onto others are going to just create more downward spirals. They're going to self-perpetuate yeah. into more downward spirals. And then that's such precious energy that you could be giving to resting, to joy, to being yeah. present yeah. with, you know, a friend, to serving, to giving what you're here to give and what you're here to receive. And so it's a huge part of enhancing and elevating your quality of experience. Yeah. I was just going to say, the, we've been talking about this inner experience, the richness of that inner experience, the external perfectionism, which is the next frontier. Do you think, and we look at, you know, humanity is a little bit broken at the moment because so many people are feeling broken. Do you think that the antidote lies within grace and self-compassion and self-love? I think that the compassion and the self-love is the immediate thing you need to go to, to disengage the negativity. Yeah. You know, for me, like, I'll just go to God, you know, God yeah. for me, is grace. like, I'll just take a breath and let go, you know, like I, whatever, whatever in the moments where, where you're struggling, if you, it's like remembering to remember what is going to be the tool that you're going to pull to disengage the the handcuffs or the, you know yeah. like <laughs> that are like all of a sudden holding like has your nervous system all twisted yeah you know your body's tight you feel it in your chest you're you know like you're not present you're just going down a spiral and then that's going to bleed into the next meeting the next conversation you're you're going to bring that home and how do you in those moments, like, and for me, it's like, how do I get to God? How do I, yes, grace, compassion, self-love, breathing, just honestly, your breath, if you can remember yeah. just to like inhale, exhale, like exhale it out and just let it go. Yeah. So could be probably one of the most powerful things that you can do, but it's just the remembering. And this is cognitive behavioral therapy. This is like CBT to remember these things. And again, all of this work, you see all of the women that you're in your group and in this community and the leaders and professionals and, and humans that will listen to this episode, you can achieve really anything. I mean, anything in the world is possible. It's just mastering your inner life. It's mastering that inner, what is your relationship? Like, what is success? What is yeah. you making it anyway? And so you have control over that yeah. with what you choose you know, what you choose internally, forget about what your mom thinks you should be, or, you know, your spouse thinks you should earn, or, you know, how, how big of a of world change you should be, or have the number of stages you need to be on to be worthy and accepted. 
you know, you have, you can make that choice. And so living in that authenticity and into your truth, that is, that's the work. Then what is your hope for humanity? Gosh, if I, if like, when I say I have a dream and we just celebrated Martin Luther King's yeah. day. <laughs> um, well, I, I feel, I would love to see a world where, and I think about my kids and, you know, grandkids and that I'm not going to, you know, who knows, I would just love for humans to be, to have discovered um, what their skills and what their passions are and to be doing that work to help create better, a better culture for us to live in and better communities and healthier communities. And I want humans to do their work with joy and presence and really experiencing the richness of the life that God created, Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's so simple and yet, right. But, it, but I think it's, I think it's going to be about the inner work. Yeah. I really think that that's what, cause, cause when we look at how much we need to solve and how highly triggered and highly emotional our politics are and that we can't even get to unity. We can't even, we can't even synergize or come to a common ground where let's take the best of the left and take the best of the right. Yeah. <laughs> let's take the best of science and take the best of nature. Let's take the, you know, how do we work together and collaborate to accelerate? How do we even have conversation? People are so highly, we're so divided as a world, as a, as countries, as nations and, you know, and, and the people that we're raising and that we're shaping with our behaviors and what we're modeling. I mean, you know, that is, that is where I would, I would really love to take this movement is elevating our, our character, elevating and being really thoughtful about who we want to become wholly and internally. Mm. Mm. I love that, Claudia. I could talk to you for hours and hours and I really love the congruence of this inner work. I believe that's inner work. Um, you know, our voice is the expression of our inner identity. Your thoughts are, the, are what creates that inner identity. So I really believe that that's where we need to go. As we wrap out, I'd just like to ask you a few get questions that we ask of everyone. So are you books, podcasts, or both? Mm, I am audiobooks and pod- audiobooks first, podcast second. I love that. So is there a book that you is your go-to book or that really changed your life? What What's one of your favorite books of all time? I would say, and I might've even brought him up even years ago when I, when I met you at that conference at Allie Brown's conference, which is Erwin McManus. And he wrote a book called the last arrow, which is like save nothing for the next life. And, and basically it's an Oprah says like, use me until you use me up, you know? And yeah. And I think that this feeling of this life, like I just, it really talks about how we're here to create and like giving all of us to create and, and, um, and serve all that is in us. But at the same time, and this is my add to it is keep on refilling and in those richness of experiences and, and the joy of what we get to do and the people we get to be around and, and so that we can actually just do it with passion and joy. I love that so much. I've actually just written it down. I'm going to go and find it. Um, so podcast, is there a current podcast binge? Podcast. I 
you know, why don't I, I'll give you another one that I, it's actually, I've just been listening to it like a podcast, but I, Wayne Dyer, it's another audio book. I mean, I love every book that Wayne Dyer did. He was a spiritual yeah. teacher and author. And An amazing. I actually was privileged enough to see him speak only a week before he passed away. And he, two and a half hours sitting in a chair, wing back chair at the edge of the stage, as close as he could get to the people and his presence and his ability to just take you on a journey with him and make you believe formidable. Mm-hmm. I've always loved his books, but to see him and now to realize that was actually the second last time he spoke before he passed away and to realize that that was actually some of the strength of spirit and groundedness and presence that we felt um, because energetically he just brought it. I mean, he always brought it all. And I understand that there was, there was everyone who saw him that day. said there was something extra and he was just his presence. Yeah. He literally sat in his wing back chair, pushed it to the front of the stage, had his feet hanging over the edge of the stage and just spoke with us for spoke into us for hours. It was the most incredible. So yeah. So which book is it that you're loving? I mean, I guess the power of intentions is the power of intention. And, and it's interesting that he's, he's gone, but it, it's this just whole reframe on. And I I often say like eternity, right? If you really, if you're, you believe that there's something bigger than earthly life, then all these things that keep us up at night and you know, we're, we're, we're these spiritual beings having a human experience, not a human being having it spiritual experience. And so, but it's your intentions, like the conviction that you have in your intentions of what we're here to not only impact, but also what we're here to experience as we've been talking about that joy and that creativity and that passion that when you really think that this earthly life is just a blip in time, like it's just (laughs) that like, there's no such thing as failure. There's no such thing as you know, and, and basically setting intentions that are just so that are, are connected to that realm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it's really just, I mean, obviously there's so much, I'm such a spiritual person and yeah. which is also an interesting person to be in the corporate, to having you know, been in both corporate and entrepreneurial worlds, but um, yeah, it's power of intention and love in the last yeah, it's one of my favorite series of teaching. Anything from Wayne Dyer is actually it's it's part of the it's part of it was part of very much the pivotal points of my life. I've I've always included his teachings somewhere within it. So I'm really glad we share that. I want to talk about we talked a lot about, you know, this generation where quite most of us have trauma or triggers. We've been through a lot of different things. But on the flip side of that, what is if you think about the young girl that you were, what is the great part of that young girl that is still part of who you are now? You know, it's interesting because I have Aria, my almost six-year-old, is such a force of nature. <laughs> and I and I come like my mom is really intense too. Mama Chan. You know? and, <laughs> and it's interesting now. Do you have kids, by the way? Yeah, I have four. About? Yeah. Right. And so we did the reverse, whereas like I had my kids in my 40s. And but it's interesting. And like this now we're in this era of conscious parenting. And and I guess even the feeling of, you know, are your kids seen and heard? And are do they feel affirmed in who they are? And do you attune to them? Right. And like all this conscious parenting now, um, that is this this time. And 
And I, she's a mirror of me in that she is just a force of nature. She's a, people call me the tiny tornado. And I was that, I was that pretty much. I mean, I was, I remember promoting parties at 13 and wanting to just just do entrepreneurial things and like just do things that were out of the box and, and edgy and risky. And, and so that's just who I was. There was no stopping me, I guess. And I charged into, you know, after college into creating my first business and then my second business. And, and even when I created what I created with She Summit or the book, it was, it was not like there was another model of somebody who had done that back then. And in the topics that I, that I was in, and so I look at Aria, and so I still have that quality in me. I love that. So if you think about as well what we've been talking about in the conversation today, what are you really looking forward to in next? Like what is next and what are you looking forward to? Yeah, so I'm so excited to share this with your community as well. So my whole life leadership program, it currently is monthly gatherings, like monthly Zoom calls like this with groups. Uh, but there's also, we're building out a new portal of content, but it's a it's a combination of like monthly coaching and community, but also taking you through my curriculum, but having access to so many of my tools. And we're in the process of actually getting survey feedback from our community, from friends and family to enhance it and elevate it. And Amazing. so I, I feel like I launched this almost as a subset of how we rise. And, but now I'm like, wow, I, I need to do this in a much bigger way because the world people need it. And so I would love to share um, that the actual, the survey and the exercise yeah. with the community. And I'd love for you to do it as well. And just, it's really just co-create it with us. Tell us what you're struggling through the most and what you want to hear from the most. So yeah, but we're we're excited. Yeah, well, we'll put that link into the show notes and also we are going to share that with our community for anyone listening who's actually in our community already. And I'm actually really looking forward to it. I know the impact that Together We Rise had on the way that I thought. I'm really actually honoured that we all get to be part of this co-creation process for where you take your work next. It's the 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 way that you made that impact with She Summits and anyone listening who's in our Australian audience rather than our American audience, I said to Claudia um, some time ago, we I actually give her book away so often. I give it to so many people because it really does speak into we can rise and we can go together. And now if we follow you on this next evolution of that journey, I think we're all aware and cognizant we need to go the inner work. And the fact that there's going to be frameworks which will also balance out what I'm doing with the inner voice. Very excited to be part of your world, Claudia. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an incredible conversation. I love this move. I love the whole of self. And I love the fact that you're actually going, you know what, this is next. This is my next fight. This is my next frontier because we need it. The world needs it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Raise 1000 Voices. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. And if you have, then I would love you to subscribe to and rate the show on your favorite platform. Our show notes, resources, and links to all our socials can be found at anygiventuesday.com.au forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a growing community of clever, creative, and courageous women who know that they want to be seen, heard, and remembered, then join us in our Facebook group, Raise 1000 Voices. Until we speak again, take care and remember, you were born to raise your voice.